Hey, what's good, LBK? This is Robert Jenkins from the Focus Lubbock podcast. Uh, on behalf of all of the rest of the Focus Lubbock crew, including my brother Cambrell Miller and my son, Mr. Nugent, we'd like to wish y'all a very Merry Christmas. Uh, we're recording this on Christmas Eve, and we wanted to take some time off to be with our family and friends and loved ones in the spirit of Christ and the spirit of this magnificent holiday. And so we didn't record a live show, but what we did was we went into the archives and we pulled up a couple of interviews that we did, one of which is unseen and another of which deserves to be seen again. And we put those together and we are offering those for your uh, consumption this week, this Christmas week. And before we get directly into those messages, those pre-recorded shows that we have in the vaults or in the can, as they say, we wanted to uh, give a current Christmas message. And we kind of wanted to preface that by saying, you know, Christmas seems to us to be one of those holidays where it seems to be the only holiday where it's okay to say happy holidays. Because like, I've never heard anybody referring to Halloween and look at you and say, happy holidays. I've never heard anybody referring to Hanukkah, look at you and say, happy holidays, or Kwanzaa, happy holidays. They say happy Kwanzaa. Happy Halloween. Happy Hanukkah, I guess. But when it comes to Christmas, people say happy holidays. And that to me seems like that's been deliberately programmed and inculcated within us to slight Christianity for some reason. Christianity is supposedly not inclusive and it's supposedly problematic in, in many ways. But I would say that it it is not those things. And in fact, it is the basis not only of this holiday, this Christmas, Christ is the basis of Christmas, but Christianity itself is the basis of Western civilization. And why that's so important is because in Western civilization, one of the reasons that we are so great and such a good and such a source for good is because we believe in the power of the individual and the power of the individual comes from believing in Christ. And believing in the Christian God, you know, if I'm not a minister, so I don't want to get too deep into the theological aspects of this. But what I would like to do is briefly quote one of my favorite writers. It's a gentleman named Dr. Paul Craig Roberts, and he's a former uh, assistant secretary of the United States Treasury. He's also a former assistant editor of The Wall Street Journal. And every year he writes a Christmas column. And I think it's been Roughly the same column since the 1990s, so he just republishes it every year. And I like him a lot because his writing is concise and clear and his logic is unassailable and hard to argue with. And this year's Christmas column, um, he published it as usual, and I'm just going to read a few paragraphs from it and kind of summarize before we get into our original content. So here we go. Christmas, he says, Dr. Paul Craig Roberts says, is a time of traditions. The decorations and gifts of Christmas are one of our connections to a Christian culture that has held Western civilization together for 2,000 years. In our culture, the individual counts. This permits an individual person to put his or her foot down, to take a stand on principle, to become a reformer, and to take on injustice. This empowerment of the individual is unique to Western civilization. 
It has made the individual a citizen, equal in rights to all other citizens, protected from tyrannical government by the rule of law and free speech. These achievements are the products of centuries of struggle, but they all flow from the teaching that God so loved the world that he sent his son so that we might, his son to die so that we might live. Repeat, all of those teachings about the individual flow from the belief that God so values the individual's soul that he sent his son to die so that we might live. By so elevating the individual, Christianity has given him a voice. Formerly, only those with power had a voice. But in Western civilization, people with integrity have a voice. So do people with a sense of justice, of honor, of duty, of fair play. Reformers can reform, investors can invest, and entrepreneurs can create commercial enterprises, new products, and new occupations. The result of all of that was a land of opportunity. The United States attracted immigrants who shared our values and reflected them in their own lives. Our culture was absorbed by a diverse people who became one. All of those paragraphs are in the beginning of Dr. Paul Craig Roberts' uh, Christmas message. Toward the end, he says, All Americans have a huge stake in Christianity. Whether or not we are individually believers in Christ, we are all beneficiaries of the moral doctrine that has curbed power and protected the weak. To me, uh, those things seem self-evident. And nobody is saying that the United States or Western civilization in general is perfect. But we are one of the main civilizations of all civilizations on the planet that has striven to reach perfection. And it's because we have been empowered by the concept that we are made in the image of God and that God loves us each so much that he sent his son, Jesus, to die for us. Those Christianity-centered teachings do indeed form the basis of Western civilization. And again, we don't implement them perfectly, but we try mightily to. In fact, if you watch the rest of this broadcast, you'll see two individuals who, as far as we can tell, seem to be striving mightily to reproduce the, the principles of Christianity on earth. And these are two individuals that have taken it upon themselves to do good works year round, not just at in the time of the holidays. And so it's well and good to hear from them. So check out these interviews from Mrs. Sandra Chatham and from uh, Pastor Bill Stubblefield. Y'all take care. I hope you enjoy and Merry Christmas. Uh, what was your own personal organization called? It's called Home Ministries. I, let me tell you how home started. I had been on a mission trip. I had been to South Africa and I had been to Guatemala. I turned on East Dartmouth Street off of Martin Luther King and I thought like, this look a whole lot worse than where I've been. I've been past a mission, going to mission. Wow. It, 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 it was horrible. I mean, and, and it don't look too much good, too much better now, but and I thought like, man, I just spent all this time. I was in Africa for three and a half weeks, down in Guatemala for like 13 weeks. And I'm like, I done spent all my vacation. I saved all this vacation. And I could have just been keeping that vacation and just picking up trash and helping the people in my neighborhood.
Hey, what's good? LBK, this is Robert Jenkins. Got my brother Cam Miller here. We at the Patterson Library as usual, and we are joined by Mrs. Sandra Chatham. Uh, she, if y'all saw her on a previous episode, she's uh, the, the homeowner coordinator with Habitat for Humanity. But when we were talking with her that time, man, we discovered that this lady is active in the community in many different ways. So we had a whole other episode that we realized we could ring out of that interview. So we decided to talk to her about uh, what was your own personal organization called? It's called Home Ministries. And it's that's what the acronym is, helping others for, uh, move forward economically and emotionally. Helping others move forward emotionally and economic, economically, economically and, and, emotionally. and emotionally. So first of all, I already think that's a dope acronym. Whenever you have a, a organization, you got to have a dope acronym. Your acronym yeah, got to be dope. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know why that is, but it's true. It'll work better if your acronym is dope. So I like that home. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what y'all do for the We're community? We're a nonprofit, and what we do, I let me tell you how home started. I had been on a mission trip. I had been to South Africa, and I had been to Guatemala. I turned on East Dartmouth Street off of Martin Luther King, and I thought, like, this look a whole lot worse than where I've been. I've been passing mission, going to mission. Wow. It it, it was horrible. I mean, and, and it don't look too much good, too much better now. But and I thought like, man, I just spent all this time. I was in Africa for three and a half weeks down in Guatemala for like 13 weeks. And I'm like, I done spent all my vacation. I saved all this vacation. And I could have just been keeping that vacation and just picking up trash and helping the people in my neighborhood. Because I live on East Brown Street. And I had to turn to get there because the other part of the street I couldn't get in because I live in a dead end. And I thought like, oh, God, I got to do something about this. I went to church, talked to my pastor, and talked to some of the women's in the church. You know, the women's can get stuff done. Mm -hmm. Don't don't get me wrong. The women's can get And I sat down and talked to them. And I didn't actually come up with it. Vasilia Mann came up with it. She said, this is what we'll do. We started a diaper closet because we was having the problems with diapers and getting people to the clinic. They had a Second Baptist have a children's clinic down on Avenue 8. It's been there since the early 60s. Mm. And so we started doing that. And, and then when we started doing that, we found out the people in the neighborhood just couldn't function because they didn't know financial literacy. So they were moving from apartment to apartment and needed diapers and just self-help skills because yeah. of that. And that's how we came up with that. And so we got it organized through the church and left the church. And what I mean by left the church, we started doing it in the neighborhood. We moved on uh, right on um, at 406 North Zenith in the old Parkway Gym and started working out the Parkway Gym. And we found out a lot about the neighborhood. When we got over in the neighborhood, they needed not on that, but they needed education skills. We had a lot of young single parents that didn't have GEDs and stuff. So we went out and started knocking on doors and started doing GED programs with other people. We partnered with a lot of people because we didn't have the fund. But we wrote a couple of grants and we uh, organized and got a board. And we had people like uh, Ted Liggins on the board on the board and uh, Tyler Green. And he's an attorney, too, and a couple of other people. We had Sam Law at one time, you know, that was helping us out. And so we just got together, wrote bylaws and got it going. Oh. And just been blessed down through the years just to assist people. And what we found out is, you know, we had people that was living in houses over here that was in grandma's name and they hadn't changed them out. So then we went to League of Aid and started working on stuff like that. 
our kids came down and they said that they weren't able to read and stuff. So we started going into Irving, Alderson, seeing what the problem was. Just go start reading to second graders and mm-hmm. kindergartens every day. And we found out mama don't know how to read, so the baby don't know how to read. Mm-hmm. And it started from there. So we go in, we do Good News Club at God Parkway, Guadalupe Center. We do Good News Club at Irving. We go to Irving and read. We go to Kimona and read. Now they put all the kids at Kimona, you know, they took Guadalupe, Jackson, and made one big school. And we go to Kimona on a Tuesday and do a reading program. Mm -hmm. We get the reading books. We work with uh, Literacy Lubbock, and we work with Texas Tech University. We found out from having a gym on over on Zenith that we had a lot of boys that played basketball. There was great basketball players, but couldn't Good read. read. <laughs> right. So we went down and got people like uh, Senators Dustin Barrow and people like that to send some of them to Civitan. Hmm. You know, it, it, it's the things like that that you got to work with. It, our people just need to be here. We, we change lives one, one household at a time. Hmm. You know, you can go into one household and, you know, we're, we're still working with people that we know and we work a lot with the cps kindred programs because we had a lot of people over here that weren't familiar with the cps kindred program moms in jail mom strung out grandmama got the baby they'll pay them through cps to keep those kids you know that's the kind of things we teach people hey you got your grandbaby do you know about this and they don't know what's the name of that cps it's it's the kindred program kindred Uh uh-huh oh cps kindred man see that right there yeah is awesome so, and, you know, they have so many programs up under the kinship program is, you know, grandma could get a check, grandma could get all kinds of assistance, but nobody never taught our people that. Mm-hmm. So that was another adventure. Mm-hmm. And we teach uh, parenting classes. We have people like Pastor Brooks. And, you know, at that time, Pastor Brooks came in, did a couple of parenting classes for us in the, in the past. He's doing some. And, you know, we try to get people that look like us. So we had Bill Russell do some parenting classes for us, just teaching people how to parent. A lot of people have kids and don't know what, what it is. They just have kids. Mm-hmm. You know? exactly. But you got to teach them the parenting skills. I'd be curious to know what what kind of stuff do y'all teach them? What parenting skills? And parenting skills, they just sit down and talk with them and, you know, just go over, you know, how our family structure is supposed to be. You know, you could be a single and, and you could just have a baby when you're 16, 14, 15, 16, and nobody taught you how to take care of the baby. Hmm. And you just teach you that, you know, in the long run, you're going to have money sooner or later. If you don't have none right now, just thank the Lord for what you got and just bring up the child the best way you can. And, and you don't know how to bring the child up because you've never been taught. You know, do some biblical teaching on sometime and sometimes it's just mother with. Mm-hmm. Everybody don't have a biblical, you know, everybody. God want everybody to be biblical, but everybody's not. But, you know, a lot of people just need mother with. You know, you don't have to spank the child. You know, you can sit down and talk to the child and make sure the child's at school. You know, my baby not going to school because he don't have no Nike tennis shoes, but your baby got flip-flops sending him to school. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to be down at the truancy office. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> mm-hmm. So basically, what you said to begin with blew me away when you was over there doing missions and came back and saw it was worse here Yes. than what, than what you saw overseas, Africa, mm-hmm. and places like that. That's a that's that's a lesson in that it means start at home. Yes, do what you do do what you can do for yourself. Basically, that 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 that's the way I felt about it too. You go to places like Sweeto outside of Johannesburg in, in South Africa, and you go to uh, places like Swaziland. Those people walk fifteen miles just to get some medical attention. They'll walk fifteen miles just to hear you talk. Mm-hmm. And people in Lubbock. 
I wouldn't even walk around the corner. And they still don't, you know, they they don't, we don't attend city council meetings. We don't attend neighborhood meetings. You know, in the neighborhood associates, that they giving out big money. You know, they finally got a city planner and stuff. And mm -hmm. the city of Lubbock is trying to revitalize a lot of stuff. And they want to, but they don't know how. We the only people that can revitalize our own, our own neighborhood because we live in a neighborhood. We know what, what's going on. Mm -hmm. Anytime when you get an opportunity to, to go to city council or you get an opportunity to go to your neighborhood meet, Parkway Cherry Point meet uh, every uh, third, third uh, Tuesday, uh, Dunbar Manhattan meet the first um, Saturday and um Chapman Hill meet the third Saturday. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to have people come out to these neighborhoods that live in these neighborhoods that we can get some kind of plan down. They have the master plan and all that. The 2040 plan, they did it 20 years ago and still have done. But we got to get somebody out there fighting, telling them, hey, we're here and we still need to be revived and we still need to get this plan to work. Right. Right. Uh, and just in case uh, you're curious and you want to know, <laughs> the, uh, the city planner for the city of Lubbock is a gentleman named Wilson Bowling. And you can go on the website and look under, if you put it in the search bar at the top of the website, just type in planning. It'll take you to their page and then you can contact them through that page. I'm sure there'll be a phone number right there. So the gentleman's name is Wilson Bowling. And I heard he, I, thought, I heard he was really, really doing some good work. He, 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 he do some good work, but you know, he can't do it alone. It, it's, it's the neighborhoods that are going to have to come out and start back working. You know, they can give us all kind of money and, you know, and but you get the money, you can't do nothing. When, when we got $10,000 in the Parkway Cherry Point Neighborhood Association, you know, we, we meet every month and we might have two people. When we got money, everybody came to tell us how to spend the money. Oh, of course. You know, we, we got to get where we, we can lean on each other, mm -hmm. you know, like they did in that um the fight down in uh, Birmingham, maybe right in, in Montgomery. Yeah. That's where we got to get in Lubbock. <laughs> you know, like now they're fighting for air quality and stuff like that. We got to get people edge enough, educated enough to know why we fight for air quality. It's been hot and you can smell the air over here. It's just like when they had farm pack out here. Mm -hmm. It's getting to be back like that. And we got to understand when they're talking about industrial over here in the dictionary, what it's all about. But if you don't go to your neighborhood associate meetings and stuff and, and you don't know, you don't know. Mm -hmm. Cam, don't you, uh, isn't that kind of one of your fortes right there? One of the things you kind of, kind of working with behind the scenes that, that, uh, air quality and industrialization. Oh, yeah, it was, uh, the, the zoning, oh. uh, industrial zoning. Um, hmm. and my, as far as I'm involved, it, it just really came from um, noticing one day driving down 19th by May Simmons that I could see a film in the air. And I was just looking like, man, like they can't be healthy to breathe that in. Like, what is that? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And just I'm really in, at a stage where I gather information and, and, and I try to be um, useful wherever I can. Mm -hmm. if, if I can be used, um, I'm a vessel. Of the most high so and i'm a work in progress you know what i'm saying so i'm trying to be wherever i can be used mm -hmm. that i'm not being um exploited or taken advantage of you know what i mean like right. i'm i'm with doing whatever and i have no no boundary you know what i mean like mm -hmm. she's saying the weather the temperature the atmosphere the neighborhood like i don't like none of that matters. I'm not, who, who yeah, cares, I'm not, right? yeah. You know what I mean? So, and I understand what she's saying and what I would like to do is is actually um, help these neighborhood associations kind of get coordinated with the community. Mm -hmm. And because like you say, why why aren't people coming to the neighborhood association meetings? Why 
aren't people that are able to come to city council meetings at least come to one mm -hmm. like i understand it the inconvenience of the time scheduling and working family and everything but at least one at least one time just let your voice be heard and you be accounted for you know what i mean so we can do that and i think that's why it's important that we get our young people in junior high and high school up through the leadership program that the city has so they can see how the city government is ran and i think once we get them trained they can go and tell mom this is this is so and so you know this is the department that we need to call and stuff mm -hmm. so last summer the city did that job program with the teenage kids and mm -hmm. i think a lot of our kids got jobs and they kind of came back to the neighborhood and, mm -hmm. and kind of shook mom up a little bit because mom thought they was just getting a job and you know they went out to work at the water department and say hey mom you turn off your water and you do this you can save money hmm. those are the kind of things that you know, you know young people can be great access you know to a lot of older elderly people because you know we think we know everything but we get our kids exposed to a lot of stuff that they can change it and and then that's what i've been praying about because i think the kids are going to come in and be a whole lot different than what we are now and they 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 not scared of anything. Yeah. Life doesn't mean anything to them. They'll kill each other. And that's but, you know, that's a disconnect. Yes. Too. Yes. That's, yes. And it's not a great thing. Yes. Um I I do strive to see the different generations in our mm -hmm. community have a better camaraderie mm -hmm. because the way I see the hierarchy is the the elders, that's the knowledge and the experience mm -hmm. and the wisdom. And and the younger, that's the muscle, that's the grit, that's to get it done. You understand what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And then in the age realm where we're at, we're kind of like the facilitator slash we get active too. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like I, mm -hmm. I can still do what I used to do. Probably can't do it as long as I <laughs> once could do it, but I can still, right. you know, I can hold the wall up and I can yeah. do different things. And um, we we have to get that. And it's kind of like that. That makes me think of like uh like African history, mm -hmm. like when you could think like the old elder under the tree, mm -hmm. you know, giving that oral history and, and passing it down. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like the kids running around, they don't want to listen. But like I say, we're the ones that, hey, get over here and sit down and listen to this and mm -hmm. come on over here. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. we all have to be an intricate part of this work, you know, it's not it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. And and that's what a lot, I see a lot mm -hmm. of people, they have great opinions, they have great ideas, but it's like, we need to come together, mm -hmm. and, and when it comes when it comes to that conversation of well, how do we get together? Mm -hmm. Oh well, man, listen, yeah. I'm not gonna talk to such and such, and I'm, and it's like, how do we get past that division mm -hmm. in the community right. where we all have a common goal? Mm -hmm. Let's put our differences aside mm -hmm. and get this these these first goals done right and then after that we can say well man you know the other day you cut me off in traffic i didn't like that you need to drive better don't drive so fast down these neighborhood streets these kids are out here playing we can get on that level later but like i say the first things like safety mm -hmm. um like you say the financial literacy getting things done right to to actually bring things to our community mm -hmm. because i'm 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 kind of for the 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 cheese plant and all yeah. the stuff that's going on but at the same time what is the the higher level of management what does that look like yeah. because i've worked plenty places around here mm -hmm. these warehouses mm -hmm. driving cdl and um 
when it comes to their management, man, it's not diverse. Yeah. You know what I mean? You it's know, not the, the diverse. cheese factory is a different story because mm -hmm. the cheese factory came down and they took some of the people from the neighborhood to Colorado to see it. Okay. You know, that's the kind of stuff they miss by not going to the neighborhood associations and oh, stuff. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, they took some people to Colorado mm -hmm. to see the cheese plant. It, it's going to be great for our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. They're going to come in and dump water in Lake Number Seven and they're going right. to clean it out a whole lot better than the city of yeah, cleaning it, it out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that, that kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff that people, you know, our people perish for lack of knowledge. They would have just came out to the neighborhood associate mm -hmm. meetings and, and figured out before they start talking about the cheese uh -huh. factory. The cheese factory is going to come in and bring all these jobs. And you know what You know what Sister Chatham did? I asked him, hey, mm -hmm. are we going to have a, a job fair over at May Simmons where my people that mm -hmm. can't get a bus can walk over to May Simmons and right. get a job right. since yeah. it's in our neighborhood? That and the Hope Center <laughs> that the Star is building, mm -hmm. you know, what is it going to do for my people? Right. And, and, and again, I, I agree with that 100%. Mm -hmm. And I would like to add that as far as the jobs are concerned, I'm talking about management too. If there yeah. are qualified mm -hmm. applicants from our community yeah. that can be in those upper echelons of the company, mm -hmm. I mean, as far as the, the localized, yeah. you know, plant goes, yeah. because that would help with mm -hmm. when you, because we all know it's different when you go to work and it's your superior is someone that you can mm -hmm. identify with mm -hmm. or they understand kind of where you're coming from. You don't. I mean, you can kind of let your guard down at work and kind of be yourself and actually work and not always be on pins and needles like, well, I don't want them to misconstrue this. I don't want them to think this the wrong way. And it's kind of like, hey, can we just come in and somebody, because I'm only saying this because I've had jobs where mm -hmm. it's like, okay, for example, I was taught as a man, when you speak to another man, you make eye contact with him. Yep. You shake their hand. Yep. Okay. And I've actually done that before at work and- got reported because a guy said I made him feel intimidated. Mm -hmm. And I was like, mm -hmm. was he a I, younger guy than you? No, he was older than me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, how did I? And I explained to the HR, that was not my intent. Mm -hmm. And I just what I just told y'all, I thought I was being respectful. That's that's precisely what you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? Meet somebody's supposed to look them in the eye mm -hmm. and shake their hand. And they kind of painted me out to be the angry black man type thing. So I'm just saying, just to have a little diversity right. at the workplace when certain right. situations mm -hmm. come up, we have to be what are the what, what they would say our peers, yeah. right? You Somebody know th that's that knows. why when people like like when Amazon came, that's why I went out and you know mm -hmm. took a look around. I worked at Covenant for forty years, and I'm too old to get a job. I, I don't want a job. I don't want to work. I want to I want to make my own decisions on where I need to be at. You know, mm -hmm. and what I want to do. That's you know, you work on a job forty years like I did. You know, you, 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 I know exactly what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I I worked in Phoenix at St. Joseph for uh, twenty years, and I came to Lubbock and. Mm -hmm. It was like I was in Ku Klux Klan country. Uh, yeah, it's a different. You know, because in Phoenix, you know, it, it was Phoenix. You know, any Mexican black people got along. Then I came back to Lubbock, and I grew up in Lubbock. I came back to Lubbock, and you know, I'm in a position, and it's like, what's she doing? Mm -hmm. Everybody had a question, and it's because they're not used to seeing us. But when Amazon came, I went out to Amazon. They bought in some pe black people from different places, you know, to help them because they knew what side of town they were on. That's the kind of stuff they, when they bring something to town, I always go and check it out. Mm. Whenever they, like when Google opened up their new office on 66th Street, I went out and talked to Terry and those guys, mm. you know, because I got people in my neighborhood that I need to take out there and I need to know what kind of program they're going to get in. Right. We got to start doing more of that. I'm, I agree with you on that. <laughs> we got to get out and see what's out there. Mm. Even though I don't need a job, I got lots of people in my neighborhood that do, do, and I want to mm. make sure that they get there and they get the things that they need. Mm. And we have all the qualified people in there. That's another exactly. thing that I do. Right. So I was just about to say that sounds like something I bet home ministries does. Yes, too. You, 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 we have to 
because we we're living in a time where you know it's not anything everybody's educated now everybody go to school everybody got a degree but when it come down to that black and white thing it's still black and white and love it and we know it so we want our kids to be the best and you gotta they gotta go in and excel more than excel they got to do double work in, in a lot of areas mm -hmm. so uh do y'all take do y'all have a service where y'all take people to appointments or you know, we I, I'm on a city bus board, and, and we city bus. You know, the, the city bus has been great to us. In the past, they gave us uh, passes for people. You know, when we have some some stuff coming up on the city bus in the future, that's going to help us out over here. Because you know, city bus don't go out to driving license place, but once a week, you know, oh wow, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Right. They don't they don't run out. The, and now we got Amazon and Budweiser. Yeah, it is, it is and, a lot in the business and, part, and, uh, and, right there. And, and they don't run that away. Mm -hmm. So you know, so they had some. Um, some people come in on city bus, some auditors, and you know, and they had some people come in to get. And in the future, they're gonna change it. They did demand service at, at city bus last year, and what demand service is, is that you know anybody, you know, you can call on go on the app and call, and you can go to H E B for two dollars. You know, you mm. can just be on a bus, and it, it's just a little van wagon. Mm. It take you out to H anywhere in the city limits. You can go for two dollars if you get on the demand service. Huh. How you do know. you get on that demand service? Uh, look on look on the phone app. Look on your phone and look in the phone directory and get city bus app and, and call them up and it's, it's going to be you and the only person on there but it go anywhere in the city limits okay there's some kind of there's a certain restriction you know for handicapped people and stuff like that mm -hmm. and we have to give kudos to uh city bus when uh COVID was out city bus was the only people that was helping us out everybody else was good you know you name it don't deliver on the east side of town mm -hmm. And HEB wasn't delivering, but when COVID came, HEB came in and started delivering on the east side of town, and city bus came and started taking our people somewhere over here. If we didn't have city bus, a lot of our people would have perished. Mm. You know, we did city bus over here at the library where they bought out, you know, help the health department bring right. out the vaccinations and stuff like that. But that's really when the demand service start, and they run from like seven to seven. Sometimes, you know, if it's a medical customer, they run from seven to eleven at night. Hmm. You know, and and that's the kind of stuff we we all city stuff in bad, mm -hmm. you know, and 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 people like H E B and United, you know, they they had stuff up doing COVID. We had more brown and black people die because they went educated and and they they stepped up. But United still don't they over in our neighborhood and they still don't deliver. And you know, Miss Chatham, I I don't mean to take this conversation somewhere that it's not even going. But when we speak about United, what can we do as a community? to get united to get our united at least like a i don't even it don't even have to be a market street kind of amigos or something you know what i mean like stop your cousin from going over there putting hams and turkeys in between their legs you know you name it you know i went over to united and uh the old the, the old manager red he left he he had been there for like 15 16 years mm -hmm. they were taking the baskets out there the jobs and selling them and i'm like what the that's why it's no baskets out there because so they were doing what to the baskets they're taking them out to Jarvis metal and selling them for the metal piece wow and you know and well, how could they accept that they know that's a united cart and that's that's how we found out oh. the guy Jarvis metal called in okay and he had called one of the girls yeah. at, at home ministry one of the girls on my board uh -huh. and was asking her about it and and so uh she called me and i was like and she's an Anglo girl. She called right, me and I was, right. and I'm like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And she said, Jarvis Miller today, they got 15 baskets from the United on Parkway Drive. And they was trying to find out who they need to talk to. Mm -hmm. And I said, Shavonic over at the East Side Police Department. 
That's who they need to talk to and find out how they got out there. Was right. this recent? Uh, it was like two years ago. Okay, because I know just recently, man, we're at the United. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they don't, they don't in, put them in there. No, they, it was like five of us standing there well, like, where the baskets at? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't and, a lot of people in the store. They, right. they, they try to put them back out in mm. the last six months, but it didn't work again. Right. So I'm so glad that you said what you just said because that's something that I'm big on is – Placing the responsibility and the blame for stuff where it belongs. That we, I call it the pointer principle. Don't don't get me to preaching and, and stuff up in here. But when you pointing your finger, oh, the, the white man is united that and all. Oh, well, there's three fingers pointing back at you. Mm -hmm. And like you just said, united could do a lot of stuff over here if, like, <laughs> what you say, your cousin them, yeah, wouldn't wouldn't, him. But at the same time, yeah. I mean, like, because all right, for instance. I was in I was in United and I'm the type of person anything I purchase, I'm looking at the ingredient list and the and the sale by date, right? Mm -hmm. So as, as I'm in the United and I'm looking at it and I'm like, man, a lot of this stuff is past the date. And I'm mm -hmm. like, man, it's not I'm like, man, it's crazy. So, you know, I go tell who's ever in that department, hey, you know, you kinda got this yeah. out of date, that's out of date here. So I'm standing there and uh uh his brother walks up and we're both looking shopping and i stopped and i looked at him and i looked at his hands and i said hey man uh make sure you check those yeah, expiration was, dates on your thing mm -hmm. and he was right. like what you mean and i showed him and he looked and my right hand to the most high everything he had was past date and he was like man i never paid attention to that kind of stuff and i was like bro i usually didn't until i bought a loaf of bread here one day and the next day that whole loaf of bread was molded molded yeah and i and i looked at the date and it was past date and i was like mm -hmm. Huh. I'm not going to do that again. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I mean, not to cut you off, but that's what I mean by helping to get the United to a level. Like, I do understand the the the, the theft issue and all that that stuff and the, uh, what do they call that, vandalism and, mm -hmm. and things like that. I like how they call it shrink. When, when you steal it, 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 they call it shrinking. Shrinking, shrinking. Yeah, shrinking. Yeah, it is yeah. shrinking. Yeah. And, and I'm, I mean, like, because I asked the manager in there one day, like, how do we get, you know, more the the organic products and 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 a wider selection of uh like fresh produce yeah and and that, that's something that we do we we uh try to take the girls out we uh use uh we've been using the food bank mm -hmm. but we use united market street on 19th street too because yeah. they don't have uh, a nutritionist over here Mm. You know, and that's been one of my complaints too. Mm. How you gonna teach people how to eat healthy when they ain't got nothing to eat healthy exactly. over here? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that 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 that's been exactly. one of my complaints also. Yeah. So we take them out to the 19th Street. Yeah, and so, but you know, everybody can't get out to 19th Street. One of these days, I'm not gonna have no gas, and one of these days, city bus ain't gonna be able to take us exactly. out there. But we need we need that over here where we can teach them healthy stuff. And they don't bake over here. They they bake out on nineteen and, and bring stuff in, you know, mm -hmm. and stuff like so. Yeah, you might get some donuts that's seven days old. I've complained about that before. You know, take that stuff off the shelf and give it to somebody that could use it. Mm -hmm. Send it to food bank or, or just go open game with it. You know? Yeah, yeah. But yes, it, it's a lot of that over there. So you think it is a, a noticeable issue? It, it's a very noticeable issue. I know it has that's, to be. That, that's why I started going over there and I'm saying that about the hams and all that. You know, that's the excuse they use it. And I start telling people, hey, no, you start making it better. Right. I go to United, you go to United. If all us go to United, we spend our money at United. Right. We we can call R.C. Taylor that when he used to be on the board at United. We can call him and complain to him. Mm. Now they got so much stuff that's through Avison and all that. But yeah, we can still do the same thing. You say see something, say something. Mm. I think what they need is competition. Mm. Yeah. If it was a way to bring a, a, a competitive 
grocery store or something comparable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe even if it's just a farmer's market type mm-hmm. thing that's out in our community, they'll start seeing like mm-hmm. it's people in the community that would. I mean, even you can even use the uh, the uh, food stamps. To buy organic food. So you know, the farmer's really market a... used to be down there on Avenue A and 19th Street, and mm-hmm. it made a lot of difference. You're yeah. exactly right about that. Mm-hmm. It, it, it made a whole lot of difference. It made a lot of difference. They moved that yeah, one. This year, yeah. they moved it to uh, Luca. Mm-hmm. The Luca. Uh, oh, right over here. Yeah. Okay. It's still there. It's still and, every and, Saturday. And, yeah. and that, that brings up another thing. You know, they have the uh, Washington Garden down there. Yeah. I go down there and get herbs and stuff from down there. That's the best thing that ever happened to our neighborhood. Oh, the huh. community garden. That's uh, where my wife was just yeah, saying when she took, yeah, took you my know, girl. And, and you know, and people look at me and they said, well, where did you buy this rosemary? I didn't buy this. I went down there and got yeah, that out of that it, garden. Yeah. <laughs> and they had red, uh, you know, stuff like red okra, mm. purple hud peas. You know, what? Talking about, what is this? I don't yeah. know. I like to eat. Yeah. Like and fresh food is a whole lot better for sure you is. than that. But we need to start taking advantage of stuff like that, too. Mm-hmm. Where is that garden located? It's located on Date and uh, right off of Date in 19th Hill. Street, Chapman oh, Hill. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's called the Washington Community oh, Garden. Oh, yeah. Over there on A. Uh huh. Right yeah. off, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know exactly where that's at. Huh. And you can uh, go over there and get all that they got all kinds of rosemary and cilantro, you know, yeah. sweet potatoes uh-huh. and greens. They always have the stuff that you always looking for right. most of the time. Right. <laughs> green tomatoes, you know, uh-huh. everybody want me to fry them tomatoes, but you know, sometimes mm-hmm. they have the best green tomatoes, mm-hmm. you know. I hear that. Um, is there anything else that you want to tell us about home ministries? Uh, what I want to tell you about home ministry, home ministries is, is we're getting a new location. We're taking the old uh, building down the street that used to be uh, Starker. Mm-hmm. We're in the process of getting some grant money to redo that so we can get stuff back in our neighborhood, mm. like CPS visitation right. and, you know, uh, more parenting classes and more life, skies, more life skills. There's a lot of people, you know, now that we revitalizing the East Side, everybody want to be good. We'll want to come over here. Uh, you know, South Plains College want to come back over here. But we got to remember, it's nothing like having your own stuff. True. You know, if, if they, we don't get a building, Danielle's got a building up there. Danielle, you, you know, support your local stuff mm-hmm. and support your local people. Don't try to go out and, you know, do something else. Somebody try to talk to you into doing something. Get them in touch with us so we mm-hmm. can help out. We can help them out, too. They We don't mind Goodwill coming over here, but we want to be on a Goodwill board. Yeah. And, right. and, and yeah. one thing I would like to throw in with what you're saying is that we need to get, um, I think, and I would like to see, all of the committees and, and nonprofits and things that we have in our community to start working a little closer together because we, we, we all have the same goal. We, we really need to start working closer together because, you know, we, we're the people that's going to hold to make the, the knit ball yes, come together. Mm-hmm. We all got to work together. That's something that I, I, I really push and I really, you know, like back to school. We've been doing back to school for like 13 years. You know, we started buying uniforms. Now everybody, uh, my next door neighbors went to seven back to schools and they got seven pens when they need, uh, you know, they got seven pencils when you need 48 pencils. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind yeah. of stuff. We could have yeah. got together as a nonprofit and stopped wasting all that money everybody having. When and they and it could have been on a mm-hmm. great, grander yeah. scale. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, paying rent assistance and stuff like that. Yeah. If, if I don't have the money, I could talk to somebody else and, and get it. it. It's not a me thing. It's a we thing. Exactly. And when it comes down to the neighborhood, that's the only way we're 
going to revitalize and keep it strong as we work together, mm -hmm. together as nonprofit and together as people, period. Just start back being neighborly. Yeah. Right. You know. And that's, I think that's self-accountability as well as holding each other accountable as a community. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. How can people get in contact with you at Home Ministries? Or at Home Ministries, you can contact me. You can look on my uh, web page, which is at homeministry.org. And and you can also call me on my personal phone. I get my phone number out because you know it's everywhere. It's 806-786-2058. You know, if I'm not answering, just leave me a message. And you know, we if we can't help you, we got lots of other resources. We got a lot of other nonprofits. We got volunteer center, but most of all, we got people over here that can help you. We want to go here first in East Lubbock and to our people first before we try to go somewhere else. And we can we can pretty much find you whatever you need. You know, if we don't know what the city have, we can call the city, we can call the state, we can call each other. Mm -hmm. And if they can't do it, you know, sometimes we have to, you know, just shell out a little cash. We, we're not the richest people in the world, but we can get together and, and pick up some, and yeah. we're very resourceful. Yeah. We can pick up some of them hurricanes <laughs> and stuff, clean up out here and, and get you some rent money. It mm -hmm. might take a little work from you also. Right. right. That's the most important thing. Right. Yeah. Like, how can you expect yeah. help if you're not? That's what was like. I have a I have a friend. And his, I remember his mom came. It was when we were younger, like out of high school, but wow. not yet 20. And you know, you're kind of trying to figure out. Some people already had that path and they know straight out, man, I'm finna go do this. And we were kind of like, just out here, you know, floating around in life. And uh, I remember his mom had came by because we were roommate together. And she was like, uh, you know, what you doing, man? You need to get up and you need to this, that, and the third. And he was like, well, I just need, you know, you're always telling me this, that, and the third. I just need help. And she looked around and she said, help doing what? All you doing is laying on the couch. She said, you have to actually be doing something to need help. You need wow. to get help. Like, what am I going to help you do? You want me to fluff the pillow up under you? <laughs> you know, rub your feet. What is help? You know what I mean, now if you up doing something, then I can see, oh, well, she like, let me grab that for you. Mm -hmm. Let me move this. That's help. So that's another thing to say that's very interesting. <laughs> you say that you can't expect somebody to just come lay it in your lap. Mm -hmm. And because they don't, oh, don't nobody care about me. I can't get no other. Just, yeah. It's like, man, show some initiative. And when people see that, that makes people want to help. Like when they walking outside carrying and it's hot and, and that makes people be like, oh, let me pull over. Hey, do you need a ride? Do you mm -hmm. need a, mm -hmm. but if you're not, yeah. And, and that's a great opportunity, you know, cause you know, they can go out to uh workforce and you know, they'll pay them to do something, they give them childcare. You know, we don't have a lot of childcare. We need affordable childcare and affordable housing and transportation over here. The three most important things that we need over here. But they can, you know, catch the bus out the workforce and they can get on some of their programs and they'll give them childcare and give them a gas card that they can put the gas in somebody else's car to get ready. You know, that's the kind of stuff we got to teach our people. Yeah. And, 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 and if you don't say nothing, we don't know you need help. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so it sounds like to me you're saying that there's a lot of resources out there that people don't know about. Yes. And it's a lot of people out there that need help that ain't raising their hands saying they need help. So yes. it's, it's bringing the two together. Yes. And, well, we sure appreciate all the efforts that you have made yes, trying to bring them two ends together yes, and, and help them ends meet. Uh, it's been great having you as a guest on today and uh, learned a lot. And we hope to have you back again. Thank so you. We're, I'm we're looking extending forward to that. Yes, yeah. ma'am. Just extending that invitation. Yeah. So. Yeah. And You're always go, welcome, yes. Yeah, before we go, give that contact out information. Uh, my out contact there. number, my phone number is 806-786-2058. You can look on homeministries.org and just send us an email, call us, anything. Uh, just ask somebody where you can get some help. Send them, come our way.
And we're looking forward to you guys helping us further in the community yes, and man. let us know when we can help you guys yes, out. Man. Thank you oh, so much for having us. We will. will. Thank you. All right, uh, LBK, uh, thank you for tuning in once again. Also, I want to say uh, peace and give a shout out to the AKAs. If y'all heard, I don't know if y'all heard uh, all that celebration and happiness over there. Uh, I'm a I'm a Sigma man myself, but uh, I ain't got nothing against the AKAs. You know, they <laughs> they think they cool, so I guess they they cool with me too. Then, all right. Anyway, y'all y'all have a good week, and uh, man, I hope y'all got something out of this interview. Y'all take it easy. Yes, sir. Peace. Hey, what's good, Lubbock? This is Robert Jenkins, and I'm sitting here at the Patterson Branch Library with my partner in crime, Cam, and we have a very special guest in the, uh, I was going to say the studio, in the <laughs> library with us, and that's uh, Pastor Bill Stubblefield, and we're going to get into a real good conversation today, but before we do, um, I want Pastor Stubblefield to please introduce yourself, and I know y'all probably know uh, know all about him, but just in case you don't, uh, you know, let's do a little quick introduction here. Sir, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, Brother Robert, first I want to say thank you and Brother Cam for having me as a guest on the, the podcast. It's an excited uh, honor and privilege to be here. You could have chose anyone else, but I'm, I'm humbled by the fact that you had me. And uh, thanks to the man behind the scenes, Brother Nate, doing his thing as well. Uh, I pastor a church called the Difference Makers Fellowship. We started, my wife and I, we co-pastored together, and we started this ministry about 13 years ago uh, in our home, and then uh, God quickly moved us out. And for about 10 years, we were located at 224 Buddy Holly, but now we're at 517 North Zenith, which is the which is formerly the George Woods Community Center, a space that was occupied by StarCare uh, over the last few years. But we were blessed and honored to have the privilege to come in there. Uh, the other thing that I do, I serve the community as the vice president of the board of trustees for the Lubbock Independent School District. I'm in my second term, my eighth year of that, of those two terms. And it's been an adventure. We've been able to do some great things since I've been on the board. And I, I, I thank God for the opportunity that he has presented me over these last few years. Awesome. See, you already said something that, uh, it's aside from our, our real subject today, and our subject today, by the way, is it's going to be about how do you know when God is speaking to you? How does God speak to you? And that's just uh, something that Pastor Stubblefield and I was working on a project for the city of Lubbock a while back. And while we were doing the, the voiceover recording, we was just chatting and he, he mentioned some things and I mentioned some things. And then I said, oh, man, he got a lot of good stuff to talk about. So that's the main conversation is. Um, how do you know when God is talking to you? But when you just said what right now, you just said y'all started in the, at the house and then moved to the outside. And I'm like, oh, see, that's I want to know how you do that, too. But we'll we'll say that for another <laughs> okay. time. OK, Cam, you, got, you got anything for us, bro? Uh, I don't. I'm actually looking forward to jumping into this conversation. All right. Well, so, uh, shoot. Without further ado, uh, I guess we'll I just give you the overview. I think there's three, three methods, methods, three yes, methods. Sir. So y'all mm -hmm. stay tuned here, man. I'm, there's three methods. Don't miss one of them because that might be the way God want to talk to you. You know what I'm saying? Pastor, please enlighten us. So it was something that uh, I believe, and I want to I preface this by saying this is based on my own research as a, a biblical scholar. Uh, my degree is in religious education, uh, so it's not necessarily in an in-depth study of interpretation, which is a field of theology, uh, but uh, I've had extensive classes in biblical interpretation and the reason why i bring that up in biblical interpretation that is a precise way that we understand the bible 
when we're reading any textbook, any text, not just the biblical text, but reading any text, we as the audience or the reader, we're also an interpreter of what we're reading. Uh, the three things that exist in reading is the context, the audience, and the reader or hearer, right? Uh, so what you have to know, and when I say audience, I'm talking about the audience of the day or of the time. Any particular book that you read, whether it's a historical, factual book, whether it's a, a fiction book, there is an audience that the author had in mind. So you have to know what the author and the author's intent was. Well, the reason why I bring that into play, because the Bible is authored by men, by people, by individuals, even though we believe it in, in faith and most of our mainline denomination faiths believe it as the inerrant, infallible word of God. Right. And so how did we get this word? Well, it was authored by men. Someone began to write down the oral tradition of the Bible stories being told. And we have those today. We still have the oral traditions of storytelling. When we go talk to grandmothers or great grandmothers, big mamas and pawpaws, they begin to tell you stories of their life. Right. I think we've done a disservice. And I say this to uh, Brother T.J. Jr., Brother Thomas and uh, Sister Sheila uh, here a few a uh, few months ago. I told them, I said, please forgive me. I've done a disservice. I didn't sit at your, the feet of your father long enough and jot down the information that he was saying. I've got a great friend who's like a second father to me, Brother Johnny Daly. And uh, that Daly family family is so meticulous on their genealogy. Mm. Uh, they've traced their genealogy back for, I think, 123 years or so. Mm to the very, very individual that the, the name of the slave ship mm. and the individual who is the patriarch of their family. Right. And, uh, and, it, and they hail from uh, Arkansas. And so they've got land ownership in Arkansas that is tied into the state government that they are direct beneficiaries of. Mm. So that information though was captured by the folks who began to tell, well, Johnny had Kevin and Kevin had so mm -hmm. on and so mm -hmm. forth, mm -hmm. right? Back in, in the day. Mm -hmm. And so they started writing it down and keeping it because it's recorded history, which is evident in the Bible itself within the New Testament, particularly mm -hmm. in the book of Matthew. Matthew, as, a, as an author of the biblical text, he records the genealogy of Jesus Christ all the way back to Adam mm -hmm. from the garden, all the way down to Mary and Joseph. Right. But he could not have done that without accurate record keeping. Mm -hmm. A lot of us as readers of the Bible don't understand that those people at that time are actually using recorded documents. Yeah. OK. To do their penmanship and to tell their story. Mm -hmm. Well. There is a law that exists within biblical interpretation called the law of first mention or the law of first priority, mm -hmm. right? That says, that simply states that the first time anything is introduced in the Bible, mentioned first in the Bible, or placed at the top of the list in the Bible, everything that follows it is part of the qualities and characters of that which first preceded it. Got it. Okay? So when we look in the Genesis account, the creation account is what we call it. 
In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness covered the face of the deep and the spirit of the Lord moved over the darkness. And God said so in the third action of God, he is speaking. So one of the first mentioned quality characters of God is that he is a communicator. OK. Communication. Seventy five percent of communication is without words. OK. So we get two other characters and qualities of how God communicates is through creating and moving. Right. Then he speaks. And so in the speaking of God, since it's one of the first things that he does, God, then I, I teach this, that God is always speaking. Now, the Bible even specifically states that there was no word from God in the days and in the times where there was no word from God that the people sought, you know, we sought after the word. Well, the word in that time came from the prophets in, in particularly in the prophet Amos. He states that, well, people are going to seek the word of God, but because of their disobedience and their rebellious spirit, they won't find it. So if you interpret that, it basically says, which we will all understand, it's not that God is not speaking. It's people are not listening because they're not hearing what they want to hear. Mm. Does that make sense? Right. So when we, don't, sense. when we don't hear what we want to hear, we tend you to You ain't talking listen. about nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and we, and we want to believe what pleases our ears, mm -hmm. right? So it's not that God was not speaking. People just were not listening, and thus they were disobedient. Because mm. disobedience comes when you refuse to follow the instructions that you've been given. Well, the instructions are going to come how through communication. Mm -hmm. So God spoke. So that's that's laying the foundation of these three ways that we understand His voice. We have to understand that He is always speaking. There is not a time where God is not communicating to us. There, that time does not exist. Okay. So in the first mentioned moments, in the first moment, we have what we call the Bible because of those stories that were told over time about how God spoke in the moment. And in that moment and in that time, God used men, used people to write down the events and the things that he put in their spirit, right? So the first way that we know that God is communicating to us, the primary way is through other individuals, through other individuals. That's how we have the Bible. That's how we have those guys that we call the authors of the biblical text. So God will give through his spirit an unction, motivation, for that individual to say something, to write something down, to do something. So we always hear through other individuals first in the in Romans. How can you hear without a preacher? Hmm. Right. And God ordains preachers and pastors after his own heart. Mm -hmm. He totally there's this thing that most of us agree with across the mainline denominational faith that is simply known as the call, right. the call. Okay. That's where we, it vocation is a calling. And you know, that's literally in the original language, what that word means, vocare to call out. Right. So the call is that thing that's on your life. 
Avocation is the job that you do associated with that call that's on your life. Mm. So you have the vocation, the call, and the avocation, the assignment attached to the call. Mm. So every man and woman of God uh, testifies that they had this inner thing happening within them that is known as the call. And so those that God called in scripture, he also qualified. So you don't have to be qualified because God qualifies you. Exactly. Amen. You don't have to qualify yourself to be called. God qualifies who he calls. Right. And so we get the word that comes through the voice of other individuals. And I and I submit to 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 those, to the audience, to those that are listening and to each of us here. He usually speaks in threes. I found that in my own experience. So I teach this when you've heard something, the same thing three or more times from three or more different individuals, I readily submit to you, I believe that God is speaking to you to give you instruction. Wow. And of course, that sounds like an echo of the uh, Holy Trinity too. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. Because he is a triune agape God. Mm -hmm. So he speaks <clears throat> through he himself as right. the Godhead, uh -huh. through his spirit, what is now by the Christian faith, Christ in us, right? And then through the, the actions of Christ, his son, right? So when we hear the voice of the Lord, the scriptures say, in that moment, the day you hear my voice, don't harden your heart. Don't become obstinate. Don't turn it off or put me on mute. Receive the word of God. Most of the times disobedience occurs because we don't comprehend what God is saying. Mm -hmm. But comprehension is not a prerequisite for cooperation. Does that make sense? So in other words, uh, you may not understand what you're being told to do, but you're supposed to just do it, be obedient and do it. And that may be revealed to you on down the road. It might not be revealed to you down the road, but just do it. Absolutely. It's as simple as we've all, I think we've all had this. The tendency is that we've had this experience. When we were children, mama said, don't touch that stove. Why? It's hot. Mm -hmm. But when we did not know what, heat or hot was we didn't have an experience associated to foundationalize our understanding mm -hmm. but mama was telling us for our benefit not for us to be restricted or not permitted to grow or mature mm -hmm. but actually it was for our maturity and our growth so when we got told as as babies as toddler Get back. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. We didn't know what hot was until we actually touched it and got burnt. You see what I'm saying? Then we realized it was ingrained in our under. Oh, that's what mama means by don't touch this. It's hot. Right. You know, and one of the biggest things, you know, associated, one of the biggest images associated with an oven or stove is heat. Mm -hmm. Right. As well as cooking and food. Right. But we understand that that was for our benefit. Mm -hmm. not for our punishment. Right. Just don't touch it. So we didn't have to necessarily have an understanding. But the word does say, well, in all I get and get an understanding. Mm -hmm. So some of the times, and that sort of leads into the second way, or the, actually the third way that God speaks to us, is through uh, situations and circumstances, actual events. Mm -hmm. So I'll push back and go to the second way. So just to make clear, God, the first way that he speaks to us is through other individuals. And usually those, and it doesn't necessarily have to be an individual of faith, 
Because mm-hmm. God can use who he Anybody, yeah. pleases to right. use. But you can hear from a hustler on the corner. You can hear from just uh, a person that you have a stranger. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, not to cut you off, Pastor, Go but it, it says that in Scripture, yes. you should be careful when you entertain people because it may be, it, it could be an angel. Absolutely. And we we don't know, and it's, it's deep. But it, it, keep going, it's like deep. I say. It's deep. You, know, you yeah. don't know Intrigue. who God is using. Yes, sir. Yeah. But the scriptures also tells us that everything was created by him, through him, for him. So everybody has a divine purpose, whether they know it or not. Hmm. Everyone does because everyone is a piece of the puzzle of somebody else's life. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's a, the, I, 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 the phenomenon that we, that's been made into a movie is the butterfly effect. Hmm. You know, so I don't know if you know the the principle of the butterfly effect. Right, right. Supposedly a butterfly in China somewhere can flap his wings, <laughs> and eventually the way it interacts mm-hmm. with the physicality of the world that that could end up being a tsunami in in you know in yes. America yeah, or something. Yeah, something. yeah. <laughs> but it's, we're all tied together. You right, know, right. Uh, six degrees of separation. separation. Yeah. You see what I'm yeah. saying? So nonetheless, he speaks to us primarily through other individuals because we are the greatest and highest expression of his creation. Why? Because he specifically said, I made mankind in my image and in my likeness. So we are considered to be the highest expression of his creation. So with that being said, that's why he chooses us to use his voice to speak through us. He speaks one prayer that I pray all the time before I deliver a message is Lord speak to me, speak through me. Mm-hmm. Speak with me, speak for me, mm-hmm. right? Because I have to understand that, and I and I believe every minister does this, that there is a time in the proclamation that you have surrendered to the spirit of the Lord himself. Mm-hmm. And so it's not necessarily you that's speaking, right? but it's the spirit of the Lord speaking through you, mm-hmm. to you and through you, right? Yes, sir. You know what, um, not to cut you off, but when you say that, that's something that I have experienced uh, as a poet, and also uh, just other times when I have spoken some words aloud, I, I noticed that there is sometimes when I'm writing a poem, my best poetry, mm. I can definitely tell it ain't me writing it because I have sat down before and you don't know what you're going to write. You just, I just have a funny feeling like, oh, I, I, I got to write something and I get a piece of paper and write it down. And what I was thinking in my mind, the way that poem comes out, it ain't nothing like what I thought I was going to write. Absolutely. And I didn't remember writing it and I don't know why I wrote it. And I was I always ask myself, man, where where does that come from? Is that is that my my uh subconscious? Is that God speaking through me? Is that what is that? Is that is that an ancestor? It's a little bit of both of all I think all of that. It's, Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it is. And yeah. it's and it's what I'm like I say, man, I'm intrigued to hear you keep going because it's it's like lighting so many light bulbs of past things in life and it's it's like putting a spotlight on it and it's like clarifying something like oh oh i have heard mm-hmm. something three times mm-hmm. with three different people that yeah. told me that and i'm like wow yeah it, it seems wow. deep because even the scriptures say deep calls unto deep mm. right that means the the breadth the depth the width of who we are mm-hmm. cries out that that our very existence is beyond our own comprehension right I mean, man, it's miraculous if we ever really think about it, that our bodies have the ability to regenerate cells, 
the process is slow, but it is phenomenal. Just even, I mentioned earlier that uh, my daughter is expecting her their first child, her and her husband. And it is just amazing. So she's been tracking the growth of the child from within the womb, right? And so she's got this app. It's an app for everything nowadays. <laughs> but it tells her how si the size, how big the baby is right now. And so I remember she said, I think it was at six weeks. And uh, she said that the baby is the size of a pea. Mm. Of a pea. You know, and so that's 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 why I started calling her baby, whatever the baby is going to be, sweet pea. Sweet pea. You know, uh, but nonetheless, just to think that from a pea, that child shall be mm -hmm. from something that small, right, that becomes a human being with bones and organs and all of that. And then to think that it grows inside of another human being. Mm hmm. So that's really not unlike what God said. I made you in my image and in my likeness. Now, if you look at it within the original language, it could be interpreted. I made you within my image hmm. and within my likeness. That's a that's a bit a, di a bit different there. That's it, not it the is. same thing. It is. But when we think about childbirth. Uh -huh. The child is made within the mother, within her image and within her likeness. Mm. You, you, you follow me? And then children have features like their parents. You know, so it's, it's not far off how God is speaking all the time. Remember, communication is 75% nonverbal, without words. So that means through head nods, through eye looks and mm -hmm. eyebrow raises mm -hmm. or motions and hands and mm -hmm. legs crossing, kind of, those yeah. kind of things. They're always communicating. Mm -hmm. They're always communicating. I know just by studying communication that the way that you all are looking at me right now, you're in what's known as the receiving position. I know. Mm -hmm. And I know sometimes they say this posture is kind of like the closed position. Yeah. Me, this is like a, okay, mm -hmm, I'm tuned in posture. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But then it's funny you just said it because as I did it, I thought about it. And that's why I kind of released and put my, yeah. released and put my arms down because I was like, I don't want, I was, when you start saying the, <laughs> yeah. the body language and all mm -hmm. that, I was like, well, hold on, let me not, yeah, just sit in this posture. Okay. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's what it does. You know, you, you, you pick up on those cues when you, when you study it. Right. Mm -hmm. But so, so he communicates through other people. Yes. Oftentimes in message of three, you know, repetitions of three. Yes. Sir. And then what's the second one again? That's and the second one is through nature. Through nature. Right. So what did he do in the beginning? Created the heavens and the earth. Also within scripture, it says that all of the creation of God testifies that he is. Yeah. That he exists. Right. Right. I, I like to play play golf sometimes I play at playing golf you know I used to be real good but when we when we started the ministry golf game went 40 south you know but I'm trying to get because uh some some guys invited me back out and uh and then the wife said that that was okay that you got to make sure you get permission mm -hmm. right yeah. uh, but nonetheless when I am on the golf course and I was telling the brother this yesterday when I am on the golf course I cannot but stand in awe of God.
because it has been stated that the golf course aesthetics, architecture, and design is some of the most beautiful scenery on the planet. Mm. You know, when you go to golf courses and there is this serenity, there is this peace that that comes from just being in nature. Uh, if you've ever been out on the ocean, you realize how insignificant you actually are. Yep. Right. And on a, especially on a dark night filled with stars mm -hmm. in a full moon. Yeah. You, you just can't not but help like be amazed. I just don't believe that individuals, now this is my own personal belief, but those that have been on the seas, that they, when on a dark starry, star filled night, right. you just have this moment like, wow. And you feel how insignificant you right. actually are. Right. right. It seems like you were going to comment on that, brother. No, well, I, I wasn't, but uh, I did have the thought that um, here on the plains is is very similar very. to being on the open seas. I know we had people, you know, dog on, on Lubbock and the surrounding areas because it's flat. But I think that's one of the things that I like about the area is I get that same feeling. When you, when you can stand somewhere and look and as far as you can see, you can see. That right there tells you that, wow. Who made this? Yeah. Somebody made this. And and it's not the ocean, but it has its own beauty. So that's that's kind of what my thought was on that. You Absolutely. You you can go right down to May Simmons yeah. and get out on, on, on one of the docks and mm -hmm. fishing and you just like, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, Pastor, because I, I take it differently. May Simmons and being on a cruise ship at night under the stars in the darkness uh -huh. of the... I, at first, I was in awe, and then I started kind of getting <laughs> getting scared a little right, bit because right. I was just like, you know, I seen too many movies. First yeah, of all, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my so my mind started running in every direction. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. I, and at first, I was kind of like, like you say, you you can just see everything, like the, the waves, the water, things going on, and then you kind of like, like you said, everything starts smiling, yeah, getting smiling. Yeah. And it's like, man, it's yeah. you know, like just a speck of dust or something mm -hmm. in, the, in the big scheme of this, man. And it's kind of like then at the same time, we can have so much impact though. Yes. And mm -hmm. it's yeah. Man, yes. years ago Great. when, uh, when, when my daughter was a little girl, I think she was about two and we was on a, we was down at Galveston and we was on a, uh, on that barge down there. Mm -hmm. It takes you across, yeah, it takes you across the water. And uh, talking about that sense of awe, I had I had done that many times, and I'd like to do it when I was in college. So when I you know had my family, I took them to do it, and uh, had Shanti sitting on my shoulder or something, looking out, and just being too, she expressed you know from the mouth of babes, yes. she literally said, "Wow," just looking at that open expanse of water, and that's just the Gulf of Mexico, yeah, which down by Galveston ain't. <laughs> I ain't, gonna, I ain't even gonna call that a beach. You know what I'm saying? That's a, that's a shoreline, but oh, yeah. it's still beautiful though. It is, it, it is. It definitely makes you feel yeah. insignificant and it definitely makes you contemplate, must be somebody else out there yes. doing this. And each of these moments that I'm, uh, or each of these characterizations of the, the voice of God, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm basing them on personal experience. Right. So I was, as a child, I was told that I, I was going to preach. And then I was told by other preachers, some that have gone on to be with the Lord, that my grandfather said 
that one, either me or my two brothers was going to preach. You know, so you start hearing these words, and of right. course, you know, I, I am no preacher, right. you know, that kind of mm -hmm. thing, and never really had that desire. I, I was blessed to get a full scholarship to Wayland, Wayland Baptist University, uh, ministerial uh, scholarship. And one of the things that I had to do in order to get the scholarship, I had to write an essay. Mm -hmm. And speaking of which, when you were talking about writing poems, journaling, creative writing or journaling right. is one of the spiritual disciplines. Huh. It's considered to be one of the spiritual disciplines. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And it's also very therapeutic. Yes, mm -hmm. it is. It is. So I had to write an essay and it was, the title was, how do you know you have been called? Well, I was like, because I, I know, you know, at first, you know, hard-headed, you know. I know I've been called, that kind of thing right there. But when you go to uh, 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 higher education, you have to, you know, give some type of credentialization, of mm. some understanding where you know that God is working in your life. Right. So having never done this before, it took me a while to get started. Mm -hmm. And I think I sort of started in the middle of it and then man, the Lord started moving and I did not really understand that I was, I was being called at an early age, but he sent a couple of my friends, one of my best friends who uh, was in the military, uh, a, a brother named Alvin White. I never knew he, that he and I had gone to the same elementary school. Huh. And so, and uh, I, I don't share this much, but I'll share it here. I'm, I'm, I'm not ashamed of this. But when I was 10 years old, I, I broke my left hip. Mm -hmm. And I broke it in the ball and socket joint. It Ooh. was a very unique, weird break. Uh, and fast forward, it stunted the growth in my left, left leg. Mm -hmm. So to compensate for the differential, the bone extension surgery back then was, was not a thing. So from 10 years old, five years later, I'm 15. I want to play, I'm playing ball at Estacado. And so the doctor said, I need to help you run a little bit better or whatnot. So they go into my right femur at 15 years old. So I broke my left hip. They go into my right femur and take out four and a half inches. Wow. That was the difference. It was, oh, it, yeah, it was my projected growth differential, right? So I, people don't know, but so you're supposed to be four inches taller. Yes, mm. yes, and so you know, I, you know, a lot of my brothers, you know, mm. growing up, homies and stuff like that, be like, man, you got some long arms, and oh, some big yeah. feet, yeah. And big hands, <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that, yeah. and you short, you stubby, yeah. your name fits you, yeah. but they don't. Then I had to tell them, you know, nah. Well, I'm see, I'm already shorter. mad now because you taller than me, and you are, and you had four inches removed. Yeah. yeah. Come on, yeah. man. Everybody, yeah. everybody taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 a, it's a thing, right? You know, and uh, it can be devastating, you know. But uh, rather than letting it be devastating, I chose to let it be divine mm. because I knew God was working in there some kind of way. So uh, Alvin brings me a picture that he had of, uh, or, or no, I'm sorry, I'm messing that one up. He told me a story mm -hmm. about a kid at his elementary school. Oh yeah, that it seemed like the whole school 
united around this kid that had an accident. And he said, man, I could remember the whole school was in mourning. And I was like, man, you know, so I'm listening to this story, you know, and I'm like, okay, man, talk to me about it. He said, well, Bill, you were the kid. It's like, man, you didn't even go to my elementary. He said, man, I did. I did. And I remember the accident that you had when you broke your hip. And everybody in the entire school was devastated. And I was like, what? And so I had never heard this. He said, yeah, man, it was on announcement. I wouldn't hear it because I'm in the hospital. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it was at the end of school. It was uh, May 10th, May, yeah, May 10th of 1980. And so I'm the next day we having play day. You know, mm -hmm. that used to be the thing. Yeah, sure elementary. Yeah, sure and the was. only thing I asked the doctor was, am I going to be out tomorrow for play day? And I ended up being in the hospital my whole summer. Wow. You know, because yeah. I was in traction for like six weeks, mm. you know, with that thing and had a, a body cast on for mm. two months. Mm. Mm. You know, it, it was it was crazy. Man. But he remembered it. He remembered. Uh, and I knew that he was talking when, you know, he was talking about me because the entire school sent uh, cards and mm. my, my, my particular class showed up and they all signed my cast and oh, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm and everything like that, but I had no idea that Alan was at the school because that's when busing was a thing. Uh -huh. And um, because of the accident, I missed that bus year, off year, and I was there the same time he was, but I didn't know who he was. Mm. Then another, another occurrence was while I was at Wayland, one of the girls who I was in class with, who was bused from Stubbs Elementary School, her name is Jennifer. I'm I'm forgetting her. Her maiden name was Hickman. Forget her uh, last name, her married name now. While I'm in the halls of Wayland, she recognizes me, runs down and just say, Bill, how are you doing? So on and so forth. And she pulls out a picture of us in sixth grade. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, who keeps sixth grade right, pictures? Right. But here's the thing. She said, I knew at some point in my life I was going to see you again. Hmm. Now, that just gives me chills every time I think about this. Right. And so she was keeping it specifically for an encounter. Oh, wow. To, for me. To help uh, huh. rekindle your me memory to say, well, I don't remember. You, oh, get, you know what so, I do. Uh, so did she say what? why you made such an impression on, on her? The the same thing that, you know, it was just like, I remember when, and it was the whole thing. I remember when you had your accident. Oh, yeah. How, how just you always was such a happy kid and so smart and everything like that. And you just had a big impact on our class. Hmm. And, you know, but here now I'm in my, uh, in my 30s. I'm going to school at Wayland. I never, I, I never thought about Jennifer. Mm -hmm. And, what are the odds that I'm walking down the hall and I hear somebody yell my name in in the same campus? Right. And she comes running down the hall, and the thing that she wants to do is give me this picture, and she's kept it for a meeting that she had faith would happen. Hmm. I never planned to go to Wayland. Right. You know, my desire coming out of high school actually was to go to either A&M or UT for aerospace engineering, mm -hmm. you know, but 
the 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 old mother say, if if you ever want to make God laugh, plan your life out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you make your own life plan. Mm -hmm. You know, so nonetheless, she just, it's like out of nowhere, like, how how this is just that moment where you know how God had orchestrated this encounter mm -hmm. for years. Right. And she had faith to believe that this would happen. Mm -hmm. Looked like God had already told her, in other words. She got Absolutely. Clearly, he spoke to her about it. You know I, I believe so, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then in the picture, it's so funny. I'm in the very center of the picture. Huh. And all of these people are around me. Right. And it just blew my mind mm -hmm. because I then showed this picture to Alvin. Mm -hmm. And Alvin is like, man, don't you see? What God is doing, mm -hmm. all the the different now the different men and women that are surrounding you, the different ethnicities and backgrounds yeah, yeah. and races, and He's placed you right in the middle of it. Right, and right. they all united around an event that happened in your life. Huh? And so I'm just blown away. Mm. So I'm using these moments to talk about how do I know I've been called, right? Mm -hmm. In 2015, uh, I'm not I'm not 2015. Uh, in 2005, one a devastating event happens that we know as Hurricane Katrina. Mm -hmm. At that particular time, my wife and I were out on a cruise ship celebrating our 10th anniversary, and we're in the Caribbean. Well, we get a call over the admiral speaks over the PA and says we're not going to be able to go to the next port because of mm -hmm. the hurricane has made landfall. Right. So it didn't impact us at all as far as turbulence or anything like that. The mm -hmm. whole cruise was calm. But what it did, it turned our seven day into a 10 day and mm -hmm. gave us an additional port of call right. in Ultra Rios, Jamaica. This is significant because for me, I had what is known in the world of theology as a theophany. Oh, right. Revelation okay. of God in your life. Is that? Where he himself manifests himself. Huh. Okay. So in the moment where, say, Abraham uh, meets the angel of the Lord. Right. Right. And it's three friends. Mm -hmm. The three. And they all are God in the story, in the Genesis account. And they all speak with the voice of God. So the, the definition of a the, theophany is an appearance of the Godhead in your life in some shape, form, or fashion, right? So I'm on the promenade deck at that particular time. We're about to... Uh, uh, weigh anchor, pull anchor, and head back out to sea, leave the port, right? Mm -hmm. So I told my wife, I'm going to go up and just watch them untie the ship because that's, you know. It's fascinating. It, it, it is, those huge ropes. <laughs> and mm -hmm. you, you see them pulling them off, and then they're pulling up the anchors and all that kind of stuff. And while we're doing this, uh, it is 
crystal. And if you've ever been to Jamaica and the mm. Caribbean, the yeah. seas are crystal. So I understand what you call it, Galveston. Yeah. <laughs> a, sea, you know, uh, uh, a shoreline or whatever. Right, right. You know, you get out, out there in the Caribbean, the water is crystal blue. And you are just blown away at how blue it is. Mm -hmm. And you, it's like you can see uh, uh, the, the seabed, right? And the marine, marine life and everything like that. So it's crystal blue. And they're, they're heading out. And then out of nowhere, it's like these storm clouds. They come in and they like come in oh, fast. Right, right. Yeah. But they come in rolling over Blue Mountain, Jamaica. That's mm -hmm. the mountain in Jamaica, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I'm watching this. And then out of nowhere, rain begins to fall. Now understand, this is what I believe I saw and experienced, right? Rain begins to fall with no clouds in the sky yep. over the boat or over the ocean. There are clouds over the mountain, but now we're out at sea. You know, we're, we're moving away from the island. And then it's like the raindrops stop and they're just suspended in midair. So much so that I could take one and hold it. If you've ever seen uh, Now You See Me, the movie, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the second one, mm -hmm. the, the magician's in there, there's one guy who makes the rain stop. Right. Right. And so anyway, it's it's that type of moment for me. And now I'm 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 just tripping. And I think, you know, and I I literally, I remember this distinctly. I stopped a couple and on and on a cruise ship is so many different nationalities. And this couple was passing by and I just grabbed, like, do y'all see this rain? This rain and they like that way and you know it's crazy American. He come from Jamaica, you know, he's had something. That kind of thing, oh, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> Jamaica's finest. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm just like, man, you know, people are just walking past me, and looking at me. They're really tripping out. And then the cloud that's over the mountain, it just descends like it's almost like it's smoke, mm. and it comes down fast and it forms a hand, mm. and right across where the wrist would be is a rainbow. Oh wow! Yeah, and I hear the voice of God said, because I'm not preaching at this time. I hear the voice of God say, I've called you to move mountains and you're not doing it. I need you to do what I've called you to do. So when it was, it came like it was as if the mountain was now a pear and it was just pulling it and it was going to pluck mm -hmm. it. Because there's a scripture that says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed yeah, yeah, and yeah. believe and don't doubt, you can speak to this mountain yeah, and it will be removed and cast into the sea. Mm -hmm. And Jimi Hendrix said he could stand up next to a mountain and chop it down with the edge of his hand. I don't know if that's the same thing. but I, well, hey, but I, I can't speak to his faith, you know, Jimi Hendrix's faith. Now, yeah. You know, Jimi Hendrix was from Jamaica. He was um, on some stuff. Right. He was, he was definitely right. on something. You yeah. know, or not Jimi Hendrix. I was thinking of Bob Martin. Oh, right, right. But yeah. But nonetheless... It was just that moment, and man, I just started crying. Mm. I mean, I was I was on the deck, I was kneeling down, praying, and everything, and just mm. and literally, people were looking at me like, "Man, this dude, it's something, something wrong with." Him. Yeah. And so I went back to the cabin, and I told my wife, "Man," and I just fell in her, you know, mm -hmm. in her arms, and just told her, "Hey, I, 
Mm-hmm. The Lord is telling me I need to get to work. Right. So he spoke straight up through nature at that point. Yep. Raindrops stopping in the air. Yep. So that's through other people, through nature. And then what's that third one? The third one is through events, circumstances, or situations. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, events. So biblically, uh, the, the, the creation account is an event in and of itself. Mm-hmm. The, the, the cruise is an event. The, the hurricane is an event, mm-hmm. you know, in Proverbs 10, 25, it says, when the storm comes, the wicked stuff is washed away, but the righteous things remain, remain a firm foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm mm-hmm. sort of paraphrasing right. a couple of different right. versions of translations. And so storms are events, okay? Situations, circumstances, uh, a promotion on your job, uh, uh, an idea, a start of something different. You know, God is always speaking in those moments. The flood in and of itself in the Bible mm-hmm. is an event. God was speaking. He said, this is a baptism. I'm clean. I'm cleansing the earth, right? Uh, the blackout in Texas, mm-hmm. right? The whole state frozen over. Mm-hmm. Believe that that was a moment where God was speaking. Mm-hmm. You know, those kind of things. So events and circumstances, me breaking my hip, Right. So when I asked God, why did that happen in my own prayer time? Mm-hmm. And he said, he said, I mean, I heard this clearly. It was like, you were going to be too big for me to use. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Because you would depend on your own strength and not me. Mm-hmm. You would declare that you made you and that the things that happened in your life, you did that. Right. But I needed you to be humble and I was like well, you know you didn't have to cut me down the size <laughs> right and he said you needed to be cut down the size interesting you know so that event you know right. it was right he can't the bible states it like this he makes all things work together for the good of those who love him this is true yeah so then Paul says it what will separate us from the love of God? And he lists all of these occurrences of these events, mm-hmm. right? So those moments, events that happen in our life, when we are prayerful and seeking God on them, he'll He'll speak to them. Speak you know to what? Um, years ago, i tell y'all a story about something that happened to me when um, God spoke to me one time. And, and this is, man, this was in 1996 or something like that and I had just joined the Air Force I was out in Monterey California and at the time I was dating a young lady and we we were engaged we got engaged and unfortunately everybody in the military already knows don't don't make big big life moves while you're in basic training in tech school mm-hmm. but here I was in tech school trying to get engaged to this young lady and we had known each other in college I went to uh, Wiley College over in Marshall Texas mm-hmm. so uh, I met her down there. She joined the Army. I joined the Air Force about a year later. Uh, then we got together, got engaged. So long story short, that tech school romance, of course, was not working out. It was it was horrific. It was really weighing down heavily on my life. We was going through some turbulence and some problems. And I'm not even ashamed to say I was at a bar in Monterey, no, Seaside, California, right next to Monterey. And just, it's like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm drinking, sitting there with a beer upset there's a tear in my beer you know that old yeah yeah i'm like oh man she's heavy on my mind we just ain't it ain't working out like i thought it would and one of the things that i notice is 
the Lord always seems to speak to me through homeless people or vagabonds or hobos, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. people that you normally won't give the time of day to or might not be inclined to give the time of day to. Always, when I, whenever I'm having some issues when I was younger, it would be a person like that that would come and would already know the issue and would tell me something that would be like, how do you know that? Why are you telling me that? How? Why? So I'm sitting in this bar and um, Oak Tree Lounge, it ain't even there no more because I went back years later. Anyway, sitting in this bar, drowning my sorrows, and um, a lady comes in off the street. Now, keep in mind, it's early afternoon. It ain't really nobody in the bar. It's me, maybe a dude right there, the bartender, and then she comes in. And when I looked at her, I said, ah. I just knew. I said, man, she's going to sit right next to me. I just knew it. Somebody there. So anyway, um, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up. We, I look like I scheduled my guests a little too closely, and the conversation was real interesting. But anyway, she came up to me. She sure enough sat next to me. I was like, oh, here we go. And she reached over, and she reached in her bag. She had a bunch of, you know, bag lady type of situation. She pulled out a book, and she was tapping on it. Look, look at this book. Look. She didn't say nothing. She was just tapping on it. She was like, and I got the book and looked, and it said, do you need to hear a word from God? Hmm. If you do, just ask, and he will, I'm paraphrasing, but if you do, just ask and, and intently believe that you will get an answer, and you will. Yeah. And I was like, really? Okay. I said, well, you know what? What have I, what have I got to lose? I'm going to do it. So I said, I said, God, can me and this young lady, can we make it? Are we going to make it? I mean, can we make it? Mm-hmm. And I said, I was believing. I'm going to get an answer. And I gave her the book back, and she went on in the back in the bathroom somewhere. I didn't see what she did. And um, she went in there and did something. And then I went in there later. She wasn't there. I didn't see how she left. I'm sure she just walked out, but I didn't notice her leave. So I'm sitting there. I was like, see, here we go. I, <laughs> all right. Well, just as I was about to kind of dismissed the whole episode man the jukebox came on nobody put no money in it i don't know how it came on exactly but it came on it was sliding the family stone and the first it was some song i'd never heard by him he said uh however it starts off you know the little music dun, dun, dun. and then he just launched in you can make it if you try <laughs> and i missed it at first for a few seconds i was just like He said, you can make it if you try. I just yeah. asked him, can me and old girl, are we? can we make it? And he literally said, you can make it if you try. Now, I didn't get married to that chick, so I don't think we tried hard enough. <laughs> but that right there was a perfect illustration that, yeah, God does speak to you. And and, and that's interesting, uh, just to kind of piggyback on the conversation, what you say, man, that's, it's powerful. That's why I like uh, men of the, sorry, mm-hmm. men of the, of faith. And I, I listened so intently because to say it was things that happened and you just were moving too fast in life to even know mm-hmm. it was right. He was trying to get your attention like, hey, right here, man, hey. And like you say, man, I'm you so caught up in emotion or whatever's going on in your life at that time, man, you don't even pick your head up, man, to see the golden road is right there. You kind of kicking rocks over Mm -hmm. here and can, and it's like, man, I can think of a lot of times in life where people have have told me things like what you're saying, it's going through my head of the different people at different times saying the exact same thing. And I'm just kind of like, 
eh, like how you saying, like, eh, okay. And but I've always had faith, man. I've, and and even in 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 times of life, of hardship or like you say, trying to plan and things not going according to plan. What in in my life and my understanding, what I've come to realize is that by putting the Most High first in everything you do, then that way when you plan your plans go according to plan because they are a part of his plan. And, and it's, it was a part of understanding in life how to stop, stop, bro. You, you, you in control, but you're not in control. You know what I mean? Like you in control of the vessel, but it's orders coming down from, from, <laughs> from on top, man. Yeah. It's telling you where to go. Right. Just slow down. Right. And, and, and proceed as like they say, if, if he, if he has plans for our life that are already, why not, Proceed in faith in in the the journey that he has set for us. And plan that he's prepared. Yeah, and yeah. I, I yield to you, yeah. gentlemen. Indeed. <laughs> gentlemen, uh, this is an awesome conversation. I hate to cut it short, but we we have our next guest on tap. Yeah. Hopefully you will be back with yes, us, sir. Pastor Stubblefield. If man. I get the invitation. Yes, you sir. already got the invitation. We just got to work out the time. Because exactly. we got to, I feel like we got to finish <laughs> this discussion. But also we got some other things that we're going to get Absolutely. into. Absolutely. Absolutely. Indeed. Again, so, I thank y'all for having me. And it's an honor and a privilege. And I pray much success. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you. Uh, for for and if I know you're getting ready to close out, but could we just close out with a quick prayer? Definitely, so, you know, definitely. So, Lord, we just want to glorify you and magnify you for this time and this space and this opportunity. I pray that the seed of this podcast will bud, blossom, and produce much fruit. That you would open many doors of opportunity for Brother Robert and for Brother Cameron, Lord, in what they have put forth as an endeavor to do to honor the memory and the legacy of Brother T.J. Patterson Lord, with the Southwest Digest podcast. May they tell great stories. May they have great guests. And above all, may their listeners be intrigued, engaged, involved, and inspired to become better. We pray for those listeners right now, Lord God. We pray that somebody who might be listening, who might be feeling ill, who might not be at their best right now, we pray that something has been said that inspired them, that they know now that you are speaking to them and that they hear you and that their faith is increased and their joy overflowing. So we'll be careful and quick to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In the mighty name of Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Yes, sir. And Amen. I think that's a perfect way to close it out. Yes, sir. <laughs>